0: So the homeschooling thing is like, we're kind of making up our own program. I'm having my nephew read out of a book of like one page biographies of cool people from history. So he's like, he's learned about Harriet Tubman and Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, which we had a really fun time, like getting him to be able to say correctly.
1: (laughs) You guys should watch that uh, movie with the Falco song in it.
0: Yeah, Amadeus. Yeah, that, that's the one. I'm not sure that's. I'm not sure that's exactly historically accurate.
1: It's so good.
0: Oh, it's a very good movie. But we're, like, trying to continue to teach him things, you know? I think his parents don't understand that with him hanging out at my house, he's becoming more and more radicalized all the time because we talk <laughs> about, like... just Just like, keep
2: them out of the loop. It's better to do it secretly.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's the way to do it, you know? Just pick
1: them what they want to be encouraged to do so that way you're not like forcing them to do it you know they're they're doing it because they enjoy doing it and that's how you get the best learning and stuff too is when you're actually enjoying yourself
0: that's the nice thing about leftism is that it it actually does attract children sort of like naturally because it seems more fair than the other ways we do society it's actually really easy to radicalize kids because that just kind of speaks to their their sense of like, yeah, it seems like a more fair way to do things. Kids are way
1: smart. You learn that in Marxist preschool in public liberal indoctrination universities, though. I mean,
0: to be fair, you learn that the the first time you've ever played a a game of snakes and ladders or shoots and ladders, you know, where it's like there's no meritocracy here. It's it's all just luck. <laughs> It's better than Candyland, though, where you you just
1: play out. It's the same game. Well, don't you like roll a dice or something? Or I mean, I don't know. It's exactly
0: the same game. It's it's just a fucking you know. You no, know, you flip over a card, and it's like it's you a can card. move forward two orange squares or whatever. And it's like, oh no, I got dicked over by the molasses monster.
1: The game the game plays itself. You're just a spectator.
0: I got molested by the peppermint candy cane oh, guy.
2: That's not normal. That's not a Candyland thing. No, I,
1: it was no. the licorice guy. That licorice guy was
0: creepy. The licorice guy. That's what I'm saying.
2: I was born radicalized. <laughs> <laughs> I, and then I got undone. And then and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, shit. I wasn't naive, idealistic, blah, blah, blah. So 48 years later.
0: But but was that dictating how you played board games with like your grandparents when you were six years old? It was like, let's all just
1: share the candy. Why must we participate in this game yeah. of squares? That let's right. just liberate this candy. Just fucking
0: flipping over you the know, monopoly I had, table. You know, I had
2: a lot of that. <laughs> but I was really fucking annoying because I was kind of like that. Like, I, ha- I have a typed up letter from when I was like six that I wrote my parents asking why we can't give just a <laughs> penny every month to the, you know, starving children. And it's like typed up. And I was six. And I wa- and it was like <laughs> we have so much it's just a penny and so I was pretty fucking annoying already at six.
0: There we go. let's start this show. <laughs> Welcome back to the Liquid Flannel podcast from Arlington, Texas. I am Matthew Hodges, joined as ever by my incredible, ineffable, extraordinary comrade and co-host from Omaha, Nebraska. Well, I'm just, I'm feeling very like big hearted tonight. So Brendan Williams, hello. Hello. You know,
1: I was listening back to our more recent episodes and uh, it was snowing one of the last times we recorded but it's not doing that anymore. Now it's like 95 yeah, it was, degrees uh, outside.
0: Yeah, it's like, it like melon weather out there. <laughs> yeah, it turns on a dime. So uh. Yeah, did you hear the thing about um, how with all of the planes not flying, um, we can actually expect our summer to be like much hotter? this year because of the the contrails. Oh, because
1: less chemtrails? Less, yeah,
0: less chemtrails. We'll finally
1: find out about the chemtrails now that the planes are grounded. (laughs) This is the time where we
0: Whatever, I'm just saying, whatever aerosols they're putting up up there actually do scatter a tremendous amount of light. And so now without all of the planes flying- all of that light's going to be just hitting the ground, and our summer's going to be sort of counterintuitively way hotter. That's why
1: we need to restart the economy,
0: to keep it cool out there. You everybody. think so? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pull in uh, somebody else on that on that topic, <laughs> because <laughs> it's not just me and Brendan. I have
1: thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just
0: me and Brendan on the show tonight. You know, it's been a long time since Liquid Flannel has adopted California into uh, the great point put it in the pact. Yeah, that's right. We're we're in the pact. We're in the fucking the this is the balkanized sort of thing. We've got Rebecca Batone hanging out with us tonight. Hi. Hello Rebecca.
2: Hello I was just thinking as you said that that the sky has been so clear and this is gonna really, you know, get some uh, get some traction going on the chemtrail conversation. Yeah.
0: No, it's wild. I mean, we we live probably about 10 minutes from the DFW airport, so we're used to sitting on our back porch and you have to stop talking every three minutes or whatever because it gets so noisy, you know, and that has not been the case for a couple of months at this point. I'm going to get my, like,
1: That's kinda cool. reopen the chemtrails sign ready for the next protest. You know, bring back chemtrails. Our chemtrail workers need to feed their families.
2: <laughs> That's like so many layers of twisted. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it's all just going to look like when you put the glasses on and they live. Consume, uh, obey sort of shit. Did
1: you see that one guy had one that was that literally said sacrifice the weak? He has a sign. Oh, damn. Jesus, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? It said, like, sacrifice the weak, reopen Tennessee, or something like that. Yeah, that's not
0: okay.
2: Wait, what, isn't that, like, a death panels <laughs> kind of situation there, like... Well, God, wow. what a,
0: I mean, yeah, that, what, what a great point, though, because all of these same people are the people who talked about how, like, the ACA under Barack Obama were going to, yeah. you know, they're construct- going to kill Sarah Palin's children. Well,
2: death panels, and they also. They're going to
0: kill your grandma.
2: They were a little prescient, though, because they also said that Barack Obama was going to shut everything down and you know implement martial law and take away everyone's guns and that <laughs> right. might that might be that might be a thing that's happening
1: <laughs>
2: uh, any t- any minute now. There's Always
1: one president off, yeah,
2: just off by one and a few other details.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. So always ahead of the curve,
2: right? A little twist there. But here we are.
0: The president is now going to war with various uh, like state governors. Everybody, lots of state governors have joined various state compacts, and they're going to resist federal like top-down sort of guidance. That's fun. It's it's fun to kind of live through the balkanization of... But
2: then he turned on Kemp, which was really interesting, because I was like, okay, so... That's Kemp from Proud- Georgia, is
0: that right? Georgia. The
2: Georgia
1: guy, yeah. He's like, we need to reopen the economy, but, no, but not like that guy. All right. Nah. Well, no, it's
2: really weird. Like, he was egging everyone on. He's literally tweeting, like, freedom, you know, let people live, blah, blah, blah. Liberate. Liberate, that's right. And then Kemp says he's going to do it and Trump's just like, yeah, no, I called him and I told him, you know, like, if you, you know, you want to do it, I wouldn't do it like that.
1: <laughs> no, it's perfect. That way he can say, yes, I did want him to do it, but he didn't do it right. I was going to do it. I would have done it the right way. And I told him, I told him to do it the right way. He didn't listen to me. It's, it's a smart move, actually, to be on both sides of everything. Um, and he plays it well. Yeah.
0: It works for him every single time for him to be able to say, like, I, you know, I gave them that that advice and they didn't take it. So now when I'm fucking making fun of them on Twitter, they earned the thing. They should have listened to me. <laughs> He's got all the answers. Today he was saying that maybe we could just figure
1: out how to inject bleach into our veins And that might fix the problem.
0: The wife of somebody who is like a goop person who's like taking baths. Oh, that's Cuomo's wife or whatever. Yeah. She's taking like bleach baths. Andrew Andrew Cuomo's wife who is going to like take a bath in like an extra cup of bleach every night to get the toxins out of her body. I thought you were going to say out of
2: her butt. I was like, all right, well, that's a whole other
1: situation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe. It'll definitely disinfect your butt. It's like when you do that,
1: like you bleach your mustache, but it's like a full body. Just getting ready for summer. The beaches are about to reopen.
2: (laughs) Nah, this is not, this is not okay. This is like what the hydroquinone or whatever the shit, like this is like, uh, so bathing in bleach is, that's not good.
1: Which, uh, that guy just, like, quit. The head, like, vaccine guy or whatever quit. And now he's, like, turned whistleblower on Trump and being, like, Trump fired me because I told him, like, stop telling people to use deadly drugs.
0: The the hydroxyquinone guy. I mean, I, I made the joke recently about how, like, I'm, I'm okay with people taking fucking chlor- chloroquine for a while because the nightmares are like hilarious that would be a great (laughs) thing to go through culturally like everybody just doses up on fucking chloroquine
2: yeah i don't think so i'm I'm gonna disagree with you there
0: oh it would make twitter so interesting for a couple of days because people would be like man i had i had i had this incredibly violent nightmare about people that i barely know it's like yep yep that's a that's a cultural thing that we're all going through right yeah now. you're
2: right twitter isn't weird enough that's the problem <laughs> we, need, we need more weird
1: not enough drugged out posts on there <laughs> everyone's losing their
2: fucking minds and you're like let's give them nightmares and see what happens <laughs> like i'm already having yeah. the weirdest nightmares
0: before we get into the, uh, like, the broader uh, cultural impacts of uh, the, the quarantine stuff, um, there was uh, one particular news, sort of, it's not really an article so much as a, an ongoing problem. All of the different states that tried to restrict abortion rights saying during the quarantine, these are not essential services. Texas, weirdly, is one of the states where it kind of came out that, like, no, what we're talking about is not, like, uh, what conservatives think about. For abortions, it's people taking pills or whatever, abortifacients or whatever. This same uh, lawsuit is going to continue through... I can't remember all of them, Louisiana, Ohio, Illinois, I believe, Nebraska, I think, where conservatives are taking advantage of the current health crisis to say like, oh, this this is the perfect time to make it impossible for a woman to get an abortion.
1: Yeah, it's pretty messed up. In Texas, I know it's been going back and forth with the courts, but I also know that the plan is not necessarily even to – Enact their laws immediately, but to try to cause enough conflict to make it have to go to the Supreme Court, where they can just say,
0: "Like, oh, hey, while well, we're here in the Supreme Court, we found Court a reason.
2: We found we found a precedent."
0: <laughs> it would be a great time for them to like carve out a huge exception in the like the Casey jurisprudence about abortion. Yeah, no, I I, I think you're totally right. It's nice that some of the courts, the Fifth Circuit in particular, are, like, slapping them down and saying, like, no, no, this doesn't work.
2: You know why I'm so quiet, which is rare? Why is that? Because I cannot fucking believe this conversation. I mean, there's a lot of crazy shit, I know, but, like, 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 we're talking about fucking abortion, we're still fucking talking about abortion. Right, Like, the fact that this is a thing, like, this is the thing, like, the fucking world is going to shit, you know, economy's collapsing, and people are dying, and, 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 like, everything's going to shit, and some motherfuckers are like, you gotta get in there on the abortion, you know, like, like, that's <laughs> fucking, like, I can't, my brain can't compute that there's this people sitting there in the wings waiting for the moment to, you know, like that's their thing. That's their issue. Like if we could just get in on abortion. Well, it's,
0: it's how they get their candidates elected. You know, so they're. I mean, they're. It's exactly like uh, like fundamentalist Christian pastors or whatever really, the people who run these uh, the Houston like mega churches or whatever. They thrive on this sort of thing. They love a fucking crisis because it creates a. Uh, an opportunity for them. Oh, I
2: totally get the X. Ex- I get the, the, the agenda. It's just like, I maybe because I'm a woman. Um, I don't know. I don't want to be presumptuous here, but I just, I, it just, I don't know. That's one where I, 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 everything's crazy, but I just sit there like, okay, I'm 48 too. So it's like, wow, we're still, we're just still going around that merry-go-round. Okay. I get it. I know why. I mean, I know what they're doing. I've, you know, been watching it forever, but it just trips me out that that's still. A yeah, thing.
0: we're making a lot of progress in this country.
2: We're a fucking crazy country.
0: <laughs> As we talk about that merry-go-round, I think that's probably a good place for us to uh, take a little bit of break because Rebecca Bitton has lots to say about this merry-go-round that we're on. So that's our that's our weekly update. We're going to come back and talk about some of the superstructure sort of stuff. Supposing
1: we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or
2: just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in
1: a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or... Almost a cleaning because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So, so yeah, I think Omaha, that, so much like you any use, you know, medical semi-large city. I don't want to say Omaha is like a big city, but um, it's it's the biggest city in Nebraska. That's it's, for it's sure.
0: Definitely the largest town in America or the smallest city. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like any big city, there's a there's a, quite a contingent of
1: uh, of left-leaning people, but anyone who's like in anything remotely resembling political power is either like the most regressive republican possible or like a centrist democrat
0: well yeah we got fucking uh don bacon from there we've got uh ben sass fucking oh
2: no ben sass it was like the
0: ben S- ben sass it was the guy who uh, he he disagrees you know how dare you, sir, all the time with Donald Trump, and then he goes in and I ahead mean, he, he did, like, two votes. years ago.
1: I don't know what he's been doing lately. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like that.
2: Yeah, I had a friend send me. He's sent in quarantine. Me, he's in a, his bunker. A friend of mine sent me, like, a video of him, like, all impressed. And I was like, yeah, he's voting with him, like, 80 or 90% of the time. You gotta understand what's going on
0: here. <laughs> it's I, Ben Sass, I think, was trying to do the, uh,. The thing that Mitt Romney finally fucking scooped up, which was like, I'm going to be the the responsible Republican here. Uh, Mitt Romney actually had the, I don't know, the chops to be able to do that and have people take him seriously. But yeah, Ben Sasse, like, oh man, we we've talked about him on the show before. His his uh his essay about how like oh we don't need to raise the minimum wage people just need to go out and like detassel corn like i did when i was a, a fucking teenager as if that's still you know a job
2: God. oh wait people my people th- can't see me rubbing my temples right that's not a thing
0: they
1: can
2: hear it we need that, no, that was we need my the, reaction the, so you know like,
0: the commentary for the blind thing. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, Rebecca Rebecca rubs her temples that, and, Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, to and, yeah.
2: So I'm having a silent conniption, okay? Just so everybody knows <laughs> it's happening. I just don't know how to verbalize it. I will work on that. Okay,
0: but gone. No, but I mean, it, as we're talking about this, though, Rebecca, um, I, I know that you did a great deal of uh, like canvassing uh, talking to um, like Pete, parts of the electorate. I, I did. did a lot
2: for Biden. I I was knocking on doors. Oh wait, no. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. No, nobody yeah. actually
2: did that. I'm sorry. Um, she,
0: was, she was a she was a girl, girl. Oh yeah. Girl. <laughs> no, can you no, imagine? I'm, I'm can saying, you imagine like, someone no, coming no, no, no. to your
2: door and being like?
0: <laughs> I'm trying to like bring it <laughs> back around to a thing that you actually wanted okay. to talk about, which yes. was. That, like you actually did a great deal of of canvassing uh for Bernie Sanders I assume. Yes. Uh, but you did a great deal of canvassing in like low income, low voter turnout districts. And yes. I mean, how much of this uh like Twitter drama would you say is is actually influencing those people's votes?
2: Um okay, so I think what's weird is that obvious, I, it's obvious to me that the Twitter drama doesn't really influence votes directly. Um, and I don't have any. Well, you're like, gonna have to tell data. fucking
0: Jake Tapper about that or fucking. Well, I irritating. think it, I think
2: it, I think what, uh, don't say that <laughs> name to me.
1: Tell. Tell um, Nancy Pelosi's fridge. If you right. want me to focus, you can't
2: <laughs> say the words Nira and Tandon. That's, that's gonna throw me into a whole other fucking area. But okay, so, so I'm gonna focus here. I, um, I, I think that the, I think that it's interesting that a lot of the things that we talk about on Twitter were validated when I went, and canvassed, which was interesting. I was surprised. Um,
0: what what kind of things did we I, talk I'm, about I, on Twitter? Yeah,
2: so... so Just just the issues that are important to people, that are genuinely important to people. I did not hear anything about socialist; Like, nobody cared about that. Yeah. I did hear... People weren't hear... talking
0: about... Uh, uh, I, I'm sure healthcare came up a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, the... Well, there was... So in I canvassed in Crenshaw which is a black community and the thing that came up there a lot was gentrification and yeah. and and it was really really heartbreaking. Like that was one of the hardest days that I had canvassing because there was this one guy who just really needed to yell like he was yelling at me. And I, you know, I'm a little white lady like walking around Crenshaw and I understood the that that was, you know, kind of triggering in its own way. And he just needed to yell. Like, he said, he's he told me he's never voting again after Obama. That's it. What happened with Obama? That shit shocked me because I didn't expect to hear... I never say a disparaging word about Obama when canvassing. That's not where my focus is anyway. It's the system. But I was surprised to hear so much disillusionment with... The establishment Democrats and that people are not apathetic. They're not, um, lazy. They're not disengaged per se, but they are. This is, you know, generally speaking, I'm not saying everyone, but this was the general consensus throughout different parts of LA, East LA, Crenshaw, you know, deep in the valley. So, uh, like Hispanic communities, black communities. Um, and then when I went to Flint, which I did later, I found similar and, and, and it was communicated in different ways in different places, but that's the part that, you know, that we talk about a lot that, that I, it just became more, um, concrete to me that, that people are. That the disenfranchised and the disillusioned and the non-voters aren't privileged they're not they're not lazy and they're not apathetic they're, oh so, so you're, so you're
0: responding to uh, people on Twitter who say things like oh you you're not gonna vote for president you must be a privileged person who well yeah know, the 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 impacts of another uh, like four years of Donald Trump are not going to affect you, well, and you're saying that that's not true. That the people that you talk to are people who are going to be influenced by that. Well, but they're not voting. The, also,
2: well, there was the message that was conveyed to me several times in several places, but especially in Flint, and it it broke me. I think about I think about it every day. Was nobody comes here. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And people telling me they weren't going to vote because it didn't matter. It didn't. And this one guy said to me, you know, of course I was happy to have a black president, but Obama didn't do shit for us. And he had little kids running around, tiny little place, basically living in squalor. And, you know, we don't, we still don't have clean water. And that's what he said to me. And he, I'm gonna cry, sorry, but he told me that he, um, wasn't gonna vote. He told me several times. And then he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote because I trust you and because you're here and you're talking to, you know, you're talking to me and I know you care. I can tell that you care. And that really exemplified so much to me about what is, Missing in this political conversation, they're just completely cut out of the equation. They're not even factored in. They're just not. They like they when
0: and their fucking votes don't count because they they shut down the voting stations where these people could possibly vote.
2: But it's also um, but it's also they don't have. I had to offer. I offered to babysit for for several people. Um. Like, some of them didn't have cars. Um, they're, you know, some of them, you know, uh, sorry, I worked three jobs. Some of them, I just don't know. Like, one guy that we were talking to, he he was saying himself, like, I wish people in my community knew. I wish we talked about these things. I wish I knew. Like, I didn't even know today was, ele- you know, election day. But I'm talking about people that are living in squalor. I'm not talking about people that are just like, oh, they're busy fucking around, you know, like doing whatever and they're not paying attention. I'm talking about people whose whose energy is going towards survival. Politics is a fucking joke. It's a game. They're watching people like, you know, they're watching Trump. Trump's a fucking joke. Pelosi's a fucking joke. It's like, they're so far removed from the equation that it, it, uh, there was a, 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 consci- Wait, a I'm t- I'm conscientiousness. Wait, I'm sorry, are you saying that you
0: don't, I'm sorry, are you saying, uh, just, like, on the record? Okay. Are you saying that you do not actually have $400 of ice cream in your $11,000, uh, freezer?
2: Okay, um, I don't have... I don't know if I have a- anything that I own that is worth eleven thousand dollars. I mean, I might, it may, I might be able to like scrape up everything I have and add like one of my kids in, and it might be worth eleven thousand dollars. <laughs> I bought a pint of ice cream today on sale because I need to emotionally eat after this. But, yes. um, but because everybody
0: think- needs fucking ice cream, but I, I bet your fucking ice cream didn't cost goddamn 45 dollars a pint or whatever
2: it it, it, it it that that ice cream oh did you guys see the thing where joe biden bought like 10,000 dollars worth of that same ice cream that nancy pelosi had in her What to prove a
0: fucking point?
2: No, it's like <laughs> no it's in his in the records of his of his uh like fec filings or whatever that he bought the same fucking kind of ice cream, like, yeah, like, that's, every a, that's day. some
0: Pizzagate shit. They're all no, under the No, it's, of it's, big it's ice ice not cream.
2: even fucking Pizzagate, because it's like totally <laughs> on the record. It's not, it's not like, like, like it's, it's documented. It's not just like some people like trying to decode fucking salami it's or whatever pe- pepperoni and,
3: <laughs> and pasta it's like
2: literally you know unless the fec has some kind of code or whatever some people were talking about like if it was some kind of laundering or whatever but it's the same fucking ice cream okay i don't know what's up with that yeah. ice cream i'm not spending twelve dollars to find out but
1: anyway but it 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 makes sense that they are aligned on that, right? That they're like, oh, yeah, we're we're all about, you know, eating the fancy ice cream and all that stuff. And, you know, oh, Flint, Michigan, like, man, I don't know what the hell's going on over there. Like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to think about it. I, I don't want to have to engage with it. And if you thought those people were upset, you know, six, 10, 12 months ago, like, God, imagine how they feel now, right, where they're. Telling them for years, like, "Hey, we just don't have the money to fix the water in Flint, Michigan." Like, sorry, they did
2: worse. And And wait, shout out to Jordan Sheridan, who's doing a ton of reporting on this. Like, it's his his life purpose to get this out. But they didn't just say they weren't going to spend the money on it. They lied. They knew. They they there's all kinds of shit allegedly. Allegedly, but there's all kinds of shit that's been dug up about the, um, the lengths that they've gone to to just avoid taking care of the needs of these people. And I think part of that is because they're out of, they, they are cut out of the political calculation. They don't have any value because everything can be done Without cutting them into the into the, you know what I mean in terms of electoral politics,
1: like yeah. they don't—they're well, not going to be- max out their donations to the you know super PAC or whatever. So why why bother spending right. the time catering right. to their needs? Right. They're not going to do uh,
2: right. any
0: super bundling,
2: right? And all well, as far the- as that goes,
0: Go as far as that goes, Rebecca. I mean, when you and I spoke on the phone, we started to talk about um, the idea of taking the black pill. Mm-hmm. Brendan what do you think about the black pill the idea that you could that that you've seen the reality of of politics and you're just going to give up at this point that there's no there's no possibility for us to actually you know improve anything because like the fix is in or the the deck is stacked or whatever what do you think about that
1: I think that it's definitely very easy to see how you could fall into that mindset when you've got two political parties that are more aligned on some of these core issues like when you look at the all the stimulus spending and stuff that they're doing and you see, like, all the money's going to big business and all this kind of stuff, and it's not yeah, really they, going they to the Yeah, they do the, who need like, it. the
0: Shake Shack bailout, where Shake Shack <laughs> right. is like a $1.2 billion company or whatever.
1: Right. And, you know, like, you've got people saying, like, oh, look, Nancy Pelosi was given, you know, millions of dollars to the Lincoln Center or whatever, and, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, you can understand how it's easy to look at things like that and to say, yeah, you know, what is, what is the point? And that's why I think. Much like the Republican Party has kind of gone through a transformation where they've really abandoned a lot of their principles and just gone full in on Trump, um, it's because the Republican Party was not well liked at the time. And the Democrats need to wake up and realize that they're not well liked either. Um, And so people are looking for an alternative and they're not seeing it. And in the absence of An alternative and you have you're not being given a true choice what other option do you have other than to just say like screw all this like what's even the point of participating in this process
0: what what do you think about it's very tempting i mean what do you think about that rebecca i mean you're a person who has canvassed in lots of low income areas so i mean is that is what brendan just said different from what you've been hearing from people
2: well, I would just make one distinction, which is that there's being relatively comfortable, which we are, I mean, aside from the fact that the planet's, you know, in peril for everybody, but at this moment, and being someone who's just been so fucked over, so personally fucked over, that they stopped voting, like they li- they're they drinking, they've got lead in their water, they've been a- completely abandoned, so... I personally, and I'm getting to your point, but personally, I feel like I have a different obligation as someone who um, has more privilege. You know, people, I don't know, that word is triggering, but I have a different obligation to, like, go ahead.
0: Yeah, we we talked when you and I talked on the phone about... Uh, like the privilege inherent in being like black pilled that like mm-hmm. th- like the people who the people who have the ability to go like you know fuck electoral politics i'm just not gonna engage anymore like
2: right well but when they yeah and so they they're engaged automatically but when they exert their their protest of not voting i feel like they've And not engaging, it's coming from a different place than if I were like my, uh, you know, it's mine is kind of like a wussy place. Like I can't handle it. It's too sad. I mean, I've cried like every single day since 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 I got to Flint and since I got home from Flint, I've cried every day thinking about the people that I met and what they must be going through now And also that I convinced some of them to go and vote. And like, you know, like, and it was right before the coronavirus thing. And I'm like, I don't have their names. I don't have their numbers. But like, I, it it just, it haunts me. And so, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like, the fact that i can even ask well should i stop thinking about this or not like that's their life like they don't have a choice whether or not to you know stop thinking about it right and but i do think that there are limitations with with you know presidential politics and and now that that's like so, now that that's over on this on this round i feel like it's really important to take the lessons away which are that the grassroots works Going door to door worked. We did it here in California. Thirty six thousand volunteers. We won California. It was a huge deal. When I when I volunteered last um, at the end of last summer, Bernie spoke to us, and it was not a foregone conclusion. He was like, California is going to be tough. We don't know. Like he was communicating that that he didn't know if we could get California. That was on the ground, that was work, that was going face-to-face talking to people. So this isn't just, this isn't about optics, and it isn't even as much about Nancy Pelosi as it is, you have to get, you have to talk to people where they are, you have to go to where they are. And that's really hard with the coronavirus um, situation, And but this is my, you know, like, my passion right now is, like, how do we help down-ballot candidates get the visibility they need? Right now, when they're hampered in the most, you know, that's how AOC got elected. Like, that's the most effective, but it is inspiring because it, you can do it. I mean, I, I, the enthusiasm for Bernie in the Hispanic community here was crazy. Everybody loved him. Um, talking to people here and throughout Flint, even in more affluent, um, like I was in a more affluent black community in Flint. Just basically like middle class. Um, and it took five minutes of talking to people for them to switch to Bernie because they were just like, yeah, I know Joe Biden because of Obama, and I see him on the news, and they say that he can be Trump, and I don't know that much about Bernie. And then, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't hard. I didn't even have to, like, do a whole diatribe about, you know, the two-party system and blah, blah, Like Like, it, it wasn't that. It was like if you can get in front of people and speak to their issues and i know i talk a lot and fast but the other thing is listening i really learned to listen when i was canvassing and we need to listen to the people in the community that we say as the democratic party or whatever which i don't even believe in anymore but the left says that we <laughs> says that we care um that these are the people that we care about. That's what we're saying. We're all saying, like, these are the people we're fighting for. Poor people, poor people, poor people. But we don't go to them. We don't defer to them. We don't bring them on the podcast. We don't bring them into the conversation. you got, like oh you know Hey, i
1: have my matt on this podcast every week <laughs> ma'am. Sure. I mean, I super <laughs>
0: you're saying. gonna have to
2: branch out a little bit i've got i've nah, got news but I'm for fucking, you I'm,
0: I'm i'm fucking like cishet poor dude it doesn't matter
2: <laughs> right i know like the you gotta be the you gotta you gotta have a little more diversity going for you there. yeah right but um and it matters i mean everybody matters and you know, white, the white poor people that I met in Flint, they were living in the worst conditions out of anybody that I saw. And the poorer they were, the more they were for Bernie. Well, this
0: has been the, the fucking frustrating thing for me for the last couple of days. Because people, you know, like one of the big, uh, like, Twitter blow-ups recently has been about uh, the... Uh, uh, like the Chapo to fash pipeline, right? Where like you've got you've got people who are kind of like dabbling with the left and then they go and dabble with the right. And the whole thing is completely insane to me because it's, it's only somebody who has as much privilege uh, as you would need to be uh, going through this quarantine in relative comfort. Who would be thinking about this at all. Um, But also, it's like, you're mad that, like, certain leftist podcasts, including ours, I think, um, are drawing from the same pool of people that the alt-right draws from, where what you're talking about is economically alienated and politically, like, disaffected people. Of course they're drawing from the same people. That's the goddamn audience right now. You you can't like you can't draw a line through leftist podcasting to the alt right in exactly that same way if you are committed to a party that seems to be not only uh unwilling uh but actually hostile to the idea that we could like fix anything uh that that are addressing you know these people want health care they want fucking job security they want uh 15 minimum wage at least they want student loan relief you know and if you're not going to address those issues, yes, some some of them you're gonna lose to Trumpism, and some of them you're gonna lose to liquid flannelism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
2: I, I the, keep my yeah. Go ahead.
0: I was just gonna say the Democrats leave the
1: opening right by by leaving those issues unaddressed. They leave an opening for people on the right to say. Look, yeah, the Democrats don't do it, but here at least Trump's going to send you a check, you know, or stuff like that. You know, Trump's, you know, maybe he'll give everybody free healthcare. Trump is getting to attack the goddamn
0: Democrats from the left right now, which is insane. They're supposed to be the left wing party. Right, th- and so that's why they, they need, should need not, to go they through They should not be allowing him well, to come at them from the fucking left. Th-
2: well, we, but you, but we all, but we all know what this is about. I mean, this is a dog and pony show and Trump will say anything and the Democrats are just like, okay, they just that. hold on, that. hold on, right, right, but, but I'm telling you right now when you get in front of people and you talk to poor people, they all fucking know. Like I say, if I say, you know how are how are you doing like are you know do you like do you you feel like the democrats represent you they fucking laugh in my face i mean they don't like and that's across colors that's not the problem is is that these conversations get co-opted by people who have and you know this we all know this they have a vested interest in you know things staying the same way so it's like then we end up well, with an incredibly these with these
0: cynical identity politics that the fucking Democrats always do, which I is know. like, yeah, right, like, but the like, left like could okay, do uh, South 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 Carolina blacks over forty five voted for Joe Biden. Therefore, Joe Biden should be there. like. When was the last <gasps> time? When was the last goddamn, goddamn, well, wait, goddamn time just- that Democrats won South Carolina? <gasps>
2: I was just talking to my son about this because I was t- talking to him about manufacturing consent because we like talking about things like that, and I sure. was telling him about how on the twenty fourth there was a poll done that showed bernie uh w- was more popular than Biden with African American voters by some somewhere between like eight and ten percent and or eight to ten points and then um you know Clyburn indoors in South Carolina happened, and I told him. And this is all... I have the data to support this if anyone wants to fucking yell at me on Twitter or whatever. <laughs> we're we're going to
0: set you, actually. Yeah. But
2: but then... But then... The Biden got one state. Now, so to me, the Democratic Party was stuck. At that point, he was the only one who got one state, who, like, really got one state. So they had to coalesce around him. The media... Gave Biden a hundred million dollars worth of positive coverage that was referenced At in the New York that Times. Much. That was in the yep. New York Times. That's not a left like pulling it out of my ass number. Oh, uh,
0: the the number of fucking uh, no, but it's it's, like it's, it's a Piece of media that they did on CNN or whatever. Yeah, no, but can, listen, so it's a hundred
2: million dollars worth of positive coverage, and the new narrative was, I said to myself, that one state. Of old African Americans, but primarily older African Americans, Biden won the black vote. And I told my son, most of the country hadn't even voted yet. He won that one state. Biden won the black vote. Biden has the momentum. Biden is the front runner. Biden, and I, it, it's like, I'm explaining this to a 17 year old who gets it, like, you know, in 20 seconds. I mean, he could explain it to me. He's just sitting there like, wow, that's fucking crazy. So, To me, it's so cynical and it's so gross, and I and I think we really do need to address, you know, the the nature of that disparity. Well,
0: I mean, liberals liberals love their magical Negroes. I mean, they they go fucking crazy for them. Come on, it's why it's why like it's why the Shawshank Redemption is such a fucking popular movie.
2: I never saw It's because it. we,
0: we like, I never we saw like wise old black people telling us what to do. I, just culturally.
2: I, I, I have a different... I think I have a different perspective just in that I think that uh, there's there are deep... I think there are deep roots to why older black Americans have, um, you know, such strong ties to the Democratic oh, Party. No, no, no. no. And
0: I, I'm not talking about why like older black people in America vote a certain way. I'm talking about the way that a white America votes yes. based on what they perceive older black people to be doing.
2: Well, and uh, but that's all the manufacturing consent. I mean, that's like you, exactly. we have we have told you that the African Americans have spoken and it's so insulting to to me it's so insulting to African-Americans and to other people of color and other minorities and all the, you know, the entire Hispanic community who came out 60% here in California for for Bernie. I mean, we're just like shitting on fucking everybody for, (laughs) for a narrative. And I think it's, (laughs) I I think it's perfectly valid to, to take the information that, you know, a, a big win in South Carolina imparts and integrate that into a story But, you know, they don't do that. And we know they don't do that. And if they could have gone with Buttigieg, they would have. And if they could have gone with Warren, they would have. And if they could have gone with Klobuchar, they would have. If they could have gone with someone else, but nobody else had the momentum. And that was their last fucking chance. Biden got a big win in South Carolina. And it was go time. That's my opinion. I mean, I feel like you're looking at Biden now. He can't string a sentence together, fucking talking about his hairy legs and whatever. Like, it's not a good situation, but they'd rather drag him around than have Bernie. So, you know, I mean, but this is, I feel like we're preaching to the choir because what I wanted to impart here. Oh, that's all, all the, we
0: ever do on this show.
2: Well, no, but there's something that I can impart here, which is that <laughs> I'm just going to embolden you guys more. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome.
2: <laughs> that, you know, this is, that this was reflected. From the poor communities that I went to, from their mouths, from their experiences, especially the the black communities, especially the Hispanic communities. They were done being fucked with and being used for votes and then being fucked over. Like the guy in Crenshaw is, you know, with his neighborhood being gentrified. He's done giving his votes. We're a fucking democratic, you know, state. We're like... Oh, I can't even get into what kind of progressive we are. We're the weird bot kind of progressive. But anyway, um, we have to bring those voices in. I mean, those are the, those are the people that are, you know, you say people need to get hungry enough and they need to, you know, be suffering enough to like rise up. And well, they're there. You know, they're fucking there. And so like how I don't see, I'll, ne- I, I, I never really knew what that life was. I've lived in this city my whole life, and I've sort of, you know, I've gone to every neighborhood, but I've never gone door to door. I've never talked to these people that are in my community, lovely, wonderful, welcoming people. Some people angry, some people angry at me, which was fine. But for the most part, like, we're on the same page with them, is what I'm trying to tell you. Like, this isn't, this isn't, like, some, like, privileged niche fucking, like, you know, pulling something out of our asses here. Like this is these are the real issues. Like people need clean water. They need childcare for their kids. They need, you know, decent educations. They need, um, they need healthcare. They need yeah, some, some fucking base, control. Base, but baseline, baseline humane policies. To policies, to me, it's like a baseline. It's not anything. You know, exorbitant. And then the other thing, you know, that I realized like we have over 50,000 homeless people in Los Angeles and or unhoused, I think I'm supposed to say, but I've and I've cared about it. I've always cared about it. When I said that I was like a little, you know, oh, yeah, but you got like a hundred
0: thousand, no, uh, no, un- when un- I, unoccupied, uh
2: when I was like seven, I was like, I don't get it. Like, how do we go to one person's house and they have a mansion and then there's like someone sleeping on the street? What, <laughs> right. What's going on here? And then I felt like I was crazy for most of my life and alienated, like, what that the fact that it hit me the way that it did. And now I'm like, oh, how have I been like, I went to Flint and that that killed me. I, there are 59,000 people here living, you know, like, unhoused, most of them on the street, in my city. Like, so I'm super motivated. I mean, I also kind of want to, like, um walk into the ocean a lot of the time because it's fucking depressing <laughs> as hell. Like, for real. But at the same time, it's like...
0: That's that black pill shit we were talking about. I know, What well, it's... Yeah. It, we we it, don't it, have it, the-
2: I think we got to focus on what we can do and and there there just is no giving up. I mean, you what are you on this planet for? What 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 is life? You know, we all know we're going to We're going to have-
0: leave we're going to leave <laughs> we're going to leave Rebecca there with the <laughs> the very last word. on <laughs> Getting existential. On that segment. Sorry. <laughs> no no you you 're amazing you 're you 're just fucking amazing, but we 're at the end of that segment so uh let 's take a little break there
3: okay there 's deafening radio silence from Democrats after the green New Deal Senate vote now, just ninety one only ninety one House Democrats support the green New Deal no twenty twenty Democrats, zero like it at all. Democrats also running away from Medicare for all. Because basically, that and the Green New Deal would unleash socialism on this planet like, like never before. Medicare for all support has collapsed in the House. Just 107, 107 Democrats support it, and now there's only two. Only two 2020 Democrats support it, including Tulsi Gabbard and Tim Ryan. The others are doing radio silence. This after Nancy Pelosi made an exceedingly rare move. She slammed Bernie Sanders' Sanders, single payer to The Washington Post. For the first time ever, Nancy Pelosi never does this. She talked about its cost. She said it's $30 trillion in cost. She said, quote, show me how you get there. Let's see what Medicare for all means. A lot of people like their employer based insurance. It's a $30 trillion price tag. What do people get for that? In My hand
0: for uh, this week is um, there was this uh, image that somebody made and passed around on Twitter, which is – that says more about me than just about society probably. Uh, but it's all of the, uh, like, DC and Marvel characters bowing to – like, first responder sort of people. Uh, just, like, a bunch of, like, ordinary, like, nurses and stuff wearing scrubs. There are so many things to say about this, this image. Uh, the fact that they did Dr. Manhattan wearing his little, <laughs> like, little loincloth thing <laughs> uh, instead of just being, like, full dick out. The fact that none of the superheroes are standing anywhere near close to six feet away from each other. The fact that the uh, the Hulk is in there, which uh, you would assume that if the Hulk were were capable of getting the coronavirus, um, you would shoot him into space like they did in that one actual Hulk comic. Yeah,
1: why isn't the Hulk out there building hospitals? Come on, Hulk!
0: Yeah, you're just going to stand yeah. around in a so hallway. I, it's, it, I don't know. It's just like <laughs> it's it's like the most embarrassing thing that I've seen since the nine eleven thing, where it was like Doctor Doom helping to clean up ground zero and like dr doom like crying through his metal mask or whatever i thought
2: this was a high note
0: uh no it's it's a high note in the sense that it's just fucking ridiculous (laughs) it's great it brought me a a great deal of joy i i have laughed and laughed at this
1: a hearty a hearty chuckle someone needs to like make one where it's like all of the like anime waifus just uh (laughs)
0: like
1: oh thank you Thank you for your service. Yeah,
2: There's, that's probably out there already. You guys need to get on that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll I'll commission it one right away. My high note this week is uh is a good one. So it was Earth Day, uh, and we have you know an Earth Day tradition where we you know load up some some trash bags and get some gloves on. Who's
0: we? That's that's you and your family. Yeah.
1: Uh, and we and we go okay. down to a, you know a local park or stream or something like that, and we just uh, we just pick up some trash for you know a couple hours. And uh, I foolishly thought this year, like you know, maybe a lot of people they're quarantined, they want to get outside. Maybe you know people already picked up trash. I don't even know if there'll be any trash left by the time we get there. It's like six o'clock.
0: And then you got there and you all Holy got
1: arrested. Holy shit. There was so much trash. <laughs> it was crazy. We, oh God. we brought like three trash bags. We filled them up. We found more bags in the woods and we were just like, well, this is a bag. It's in pretty good condition. Like, I guess we'll just fill this up too since we're out here. And there's just so much shit everywhere. It was yeah. crazy. That made us feel good about something. That's really good, Brennan. The, the the environment's never been better. Nature is reclaiming it. Uh, you know, there's we saw a turkey in a tree. I'd never seen that before. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're really getting bold out there.
0: I didn't know you guys did that. That's that's really cool, but yeah, it is it is kind of sad that like I don't know like littering is back right now because everybody knows nobody is outside to like clean up their litter.
2: Okay, this is really Bring me down <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's how our high notes go
2: i mean i really love the i love the vision of the the whole family out picking up trash everybody leaves all their fucking trash everywhere but you're like this heroic family that goes and picks it up <laughs> but like what it
0: says about society yeah
2: no no, no 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 we're okay we're good with the like the family yeah. bonding picking up trash together good people so- I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I know we, we, were,
1: we were just the first domino in a chain of inspirational
0: That's right. trash picking That's up. Right. So
2: That's we fixed right. it.
0: Yeah. Problem solved. Please, let's move on to Rebecca. <laughs> both both <laughs> of our high notes have our been terrible. Chance.
2: No, no, that one worked. <laughs> I just needed to stick with the like the happy you know family being good people part. Okay, so here's my high note. Here's my high note. So for me, my high note was... My son and I, like, I have a 17 year old. He's been with me most of the time during the quarantine. And once a day, I make him get out of the house because he will sit in his room and play video games forever. You know, he does his school stuff and then he sits in there forever. So I, and he lets me drag him out and we go for walks. And yesterday we went for a walk and we just had this like existential conversation that was so cool. And it was really, it was really fun fun to see his, not worldview emerging, but like his, you know, his sort of existential development and like, and his point of view. For me personally, it sort of reaffirmed the antidote to the Black Pill, which is how great these this next generation is like how great these kids are how how like engaged and wise and they're not you know they're not like he he really had a lot of depth of thought and a lot of sensitivity and a lot of um he's not fatalistic even though everything's super weird and it just it, it just sort of inspired me to connect with our obligation as whether parents or you know the older generations whatever our obligation to do what we can and keep pushing for a more just a more just society that's worthy of a generation that cares as much as they do is what i would say.
0: Rebecca, would you is there a thing that you could identify that he said that you think would be a good takeaway lesson for a lot of the doomers and zoomers and millennials and stuff? Uh, who who are all very much taking the black pill or putting on fucking Joker makeup right now. Like, anything that he said particularly that you think would be inspiring for people right now?
2: You know what got me? That he was talking about wanting to have kids at some point. And I feel like I've been so cynical. Like, I've literally told my own children, just do not plan on having kids because... Like it's just all way too fucked up for that, yeah. And there was just something so sweet in him, you know. He he just sort of said that he that he will want to have kids at some point, point. and I was like, really? And he was like, that that's kind of what this is about, you know. And the fact that he still has a sense of because he's very very engaged, like and aware to, with the, how bad things are. And the fact that he's seventeen and he still envisions a future in which he would want to bring a child into this world—it wasn't just like flipping. It wasn't just like yeah, you know, whatever. I'll just have it was like that. It just felt to me like he he still has hope that this will be a world that's worth bringing children into. And then I got to explain to him that we need to depopulate and all that, but,
1: <laughs> but for
2: now, <laughs> it was a really beautiful sentiment that, that, you know, he there's a purity in that, that you go on, you know, you procreate and you, you keep working at it and you keep trying to make things better. That's, so. that's
0: a really nice high note. Um, Rebecca Baton, we have been... Uh, just delighted to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank
2: you for having me. I've been delighted to be here. I'm all pent up, and I had so much I wanted to talk about, so thanks for letting me letting me go off. Yeah,
0: I'm sorry we didn't get to all of those things. However... I think Rebecca is going to stick around for us for our bonus episode, so if you want to hear more of Rebecca talking about things, again, we've waived all of our uh, Patreon fees for the for the interim, so um, there will be a, a bonus episode. Rebecca's going to be with us. Uh, you can follow that at patreon.com slash liquidflannelshow. You can follow the show at liquid underscore flannel. On Twitter, I have been um, shit posting a lot on there, so if you're listening to us, probably you've seen um, some of those. Uh, uh, because you also probably follow me. I'm uh, Matthew Hodges. I am at Matt the Great with the W. Uh, Rebecca Batone. People can follow you on Twitter, also, I believe.
2: Yes, I. Uh, I'm at Rabinstein and I have a backstory that you don't.
0: It's not that interesting, but anyway. Uh, Well, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it on the on the the bonus. Well, because it's
2: embarrassing. I didn't Um, give it to myself. Someone else gave it to me. So
1: anyway.
0: And and uh, Brendan Williams, you are also on Twitter
1: at Brendan Williams with one L.
0: That's it. That's it for us. That's our uh, normal episode. Please tune into the uh, bonus episode. It's free, babies. We're we're giving it away. bonus episode.